Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome back to the Balance Blonde Podcast, Soul on Fire. Today, I have some people from my life who set my soul on fire here with me to share their stories with you. I have Tamara Muth King, who you might recognize from behind the camera of so many of my photos and so many of Mind Body Green's photos because she is one of Mind Body Green's photographers here in LA. She just got back from Revitalize with me, the Mind Body Green retreat and conference that they put on every year in Arizona. And Tamara was working very hard behind the scenes the whole entire entire time. She has become like a mother to me here in Los Angeles. She is in her 50s, although you would absolutely never believe it. She could easily be 35. She has two daughters who are in college and the connection between her and our second guest, Brittany Vest, is that both of these women have had tummy tuck surgeries and have gone through a whole lot of ups and downs to become positive about their bodies and radiate the confidence that they both shine from the inside out. So Brittany Vest, you probably recognize from in front of the camera, she has her Instagram account, Fitty Britty which I think has like six T's in it for the Britty part. So Fitty Britty, we'll put it in the show notes so you guys can find her really easily. Brittany and I became friends because we were both influencers for Core Power for a couple of years. And Brittany just finished Core Power's teacher training. I'm so proud of her. She got super into the yoga life as we started going to yoga together all the time. So Brittany also got a tummy tuck surgery for slightly different reasons than Tamara. Brittany actually has an amazing weight loss journey where she lost over 80 pounds several years ago, and she chronicles a lot of her weight loss philosophies, her workouts, her body positivity outlook on her Instagram. So she has risen as quite the body positivity, weight loss, exercise, and fitness influencer. She's also just an incredibly kind person. So she'll tell you all about the tummy tuck surgery that she got and how that impacted her during that time and after that time in her life. And then Tamara, after having two kids and all sorts of complications, 
didn't get her tummy tuck surgery until the very end of 2016. So come early 2017, well, literally the first day of 2017 when she was photographing my New Year's event and looking amazing and on the road to recovery, I was so proud of her and so happy for her. And I know that her surgery has impacted her life in so many positive ways. So beyond the physical, they both feel so comfortable in their skin now, first and foremost. And I thought that this would be a really important topic to bring to the podcast because we haven't necessarily had a body positivity episode yet. But that's something that's so important to me with my eating disorder recovery journey and also just growing comfortable in my own skin over the years. I know how deeply important it is to love this vessel that we're in, this human body wrapped in skin. We have to feel so comfortable and so confident really in our bodies in order, I believe, to pursue what we love, to pursue the spiritual path, to do what it is we were brought here to do. And it's really hard to love ourselves sometimes because society often tells us all the reasons why we shouldn't. So... Brittany and Tamara are such good representations of women who did what they needed to do in order to fall in love with themselves, fall in love with their bodies and be the happiest, healthiest versions of themselves. So I adore both of these women and it's really cool to have two different generations of women on the podcast today in one episode, or I should actually say three because there's four years between Brittany and I. Tamara's in her 50s, Brittany is 30, and I'm 26. So we have kind of three different perspectives, three different generations per se, talking about surgery, body positivity, what it was like for both of these women to date after and during this whole journey of theirs, how they view themselves now, what they've learned, what they wish they would have done differently. And I really hope that there are some people out there listening who maybe are grappling with some of the same questions, whether to get a tummy tuck surgery if you've lost a lot of weight, um, mothers who have had children who are looking into different surgeries after, or just people who don't necessarily have either of these experiences, more like me, but are super interested in the topic and also very interested in body positivity and learning tips and tricks from people who have been through the ringer with their own body confidence and come out the other side with so much more self-esteem and ready to take on the world and be the people that they were meant to be and bring that light because they have that confidence within them to shine their light with the outer world. So they both share such positive messages on social media and off of social media. Tamara also has a podcast called The Bohemian Rose. That is an amazing podcast, especially for anyone navigating that part of their lives, that empty nest, wanderlust, trying to find what their next big step, next big passion is. It's beautiful. And of course, Brittany's Instagram is amazing. You'll find so much inspirational content from covering her teacher training at Core Power to falling in love with her body to exercising on the beach, all of that good stuff. And this is really last minute, but if there's anyone who lives in Los Angeles who's listening to this podcast on September 13th, early in the day, Brittany and I are sitting on a panel tonight at Wanderlust Hollywood with Natalie from The Class by Taryn Toomey. And we're talking all about this kind of stuff, how we use social media to promote 
feeling good in your body, how we use social media in our own lives and continue to feel good about how we're living life on and off the screen. We're talking about being influencers in the space of wellness and fitness and how we use that platform to hopefully make women and men feel good about themselves and feel better about themselves versus holding holding themselves to a specific unattainable standard. And basically just the whole body confidence movement. We'll be talking about all of that fun stuff. So if you're listening to this at a time when you can actually come to this event tonight, I believe it starts at seven, you can head to Wanderlust Hollywood's website to get tickets. Otherwise, if you're listening to this later or if you don't live in LA, just check my Instagram because I'm sure I'll have photos covering the event and some behind the scenes stuff. Maybe I'll do an Instagram live and... Regardless, we have Brittany's whole story on the podcast today and we have Tamra's as well. So thank you guys so much for listening, for supporting. And I also wanted to just quickly thank everyone who has rated and reviewed the podcast. It means so much to me. I know it takes a couple minutes and it really helps get this podcast more visible um, to eyeballs outside of our TBB tribe. So if you happen to have a couple minutes at any point in your day or in your week, I would love to thank you for rating and reviewing the podcast by sending you my blogging tips and tricks document that I send out to people who screenshot their rating and review and email it to me at jordanatthebalancewand.com. So thanks so much guys for doing that. And you can also join the Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook to stay connected with so many people who listen to this podcast from all over the world and to stay connected with me, of course, and ask any questions you might have and give any feedback. So without further ado, let's hop into this episode and hear from Brittany and Tamara. All right. I am sitting here with two people that I love very much. Brittany Vest, whose last name I literally just learned because she's been Brittany core power to me for a long time. We'll explain to you guys why. And Tamara Muth King. Did I say that right? No. Muth. Muth. Muth King. Oh, see? <laughs> okay, I never say Tamara's last name either. Nobody Tamara does. is one of my amazing photographers who I was connected to so thankfully by Mind Body Green. We used to, not used to, but we originally started shooting for Mind Body Green, which we still do. And now she does a bunch of my other photography too because she is so talented. We love spending time together. I do. (laughs) And um, she has a beautiful home in the South Bay that we love, love, love to shoot in. And it always makes me so happy to be out there. So I'm really happy to have them both here. And before we dive into all the topics that we're going to be discussing, because there is a common thread between the two of them. There's not no reason for why I had them both here at the same time. First, I want them both to introduce themselves and just tell you who they are, what they do. Okay, I guess I will start. My name is Brittany. I run Fitty Britty on Instagram, and I also have a blog. And I lost about 80 pounds seven years ago. And so I've been on a weight loss journey basically for seven years, and I transform my life, and I share that on my blog and on my Instagram. And I also am very into yoga as of about a year and a half ago. 
Um, I found yoga and it's really changed my life. And I'm also currently going through yoga teacher training right now. So lots going on in my world. All great. <laughs> yes. And, and I'll just say, so Brittany and I know each other from Core Power because that's where she's doing her teacher training. Yeah. And that is where we met. We were both working with Core yeah. Power. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if it was Core Power that said, oh, Brittany's also in LA or if we just like noticed each other. I think I, yeah, I definitely had been keeping my eye on Jordan because I had <laughs> wanted to meet her. <laughs> Not going to lie, like I was fangirling. Um, but yeah, I noticed that we were both working with Core Power and that we were both going to like the same studio. So we, I, I've, I can't really re- actually remember like the first time we met, but we did yoga together. Right? Yeah, I'm sure it was in a yoga class. <laughs> yeah. And then we started going together all the time. Yeah, and now so every week we usually yeah. go and she'll motivate me to get there. Yeah. I'll motivate her. Exactly. And it's always like those moments where I wasn't going to go. And then she's like, come That's at six. <laughs> and it's so nice to have an accountability yes. friend so who amazing. does yoga. And I'm so excited yeah. that she's in her teacher training. Yes. <laughs> it's very intense, but fun. Yes. And Tamara. I'm Tamara Muthking, and Muthking. I'm a photographer as of the photography of Muthking. And I have a podcast that's in its infancy called the Bohemian Rose Podcast. And it's basically a podcast for reinvention because I'm the whopping age of 51. So I'm old enough to be everybody's mother in this room and not be a teenage pregnant person. <laughs> Um, and I'm at a point in my life where my two kids, two daughters who are 19 and 20 are going off to university and trying to figure out what I'm doing with my life. But my sort of body image has shifted and changed through the years from being, actually, I was a model with Wilhelmina and Ford in New York when I was younger. And then, you know, being a pregnant person and then post-pregnancy with a really jacked up stomach for a lot of reasons and, uh, you know, metabolism, all kinds of things right now. So, but I am trying to figure my life out. So as much as you might be half my age trying to figure out your lives, I am trying to do the exact same thing, but in a different phase of life. So that's why I'm so excited to have you both here because we can have this conversation about two totally different stages of life, but we're, we're all in similar places. And I've had last week or this, this week I had on the podcast, Alyssa Goodman. She's a nutritionist who's 55. And so many people were so inspired that she has, she's constantly reinventing herself and you can reinvent yourself at any age. And I love that because my mom, who's 63, she has her fashion blog, Dirty Martinis and Skinny Jeans. And that was not easy for her to start. She was like, I don't know if I should do that. I don't know how to use the internet. And what if I'm too old? And what if people don't want to read it? And her starting it was so inspiring for me because she loves fashion. And she taught herself how to use WordPress. I taught her. But (laughs) (laughs) she learned. And... um, I loved so much of what Alyssa Goodman said about reinventing yourself at any age and learning new things. And Alyssa's engaged right now. She, her first husband died of cancer. And I just love that. And to me, age is literally just a number. It's nothing. So, and also like for everybody listening, Tamara being 51 is like not even believable because she (laughs) has the skin of a 25 year old and she 
is just, it's like, I was shocked when I learned that you had a 19 and a 20 year old. Yeah, who I are think both a lot so of people sweet. are. Yeah. So that's okay. I play along with it. It's kind of fun to shock people for that reason, as opposed to like saying that I'm 51 and I look like I'm 70 or something. And right. We're like, oh my gosh. It's like, a really good thing. So the large common thread that Brittany and Tamara have is that they have both had the same surgery and I will let you guys discuss it. And the reason why I'm so excited to have them on is because body image is such a huge topic and I don't feel like I actually talk about it enough on the podcast and everybody knows I have had my own struggles with body image and I had an eating disorder and I have worked past it, but it's it's an everyday struggle for probably every person out there, male or female, specifically women. So both of these ladies inspire me very much. They both are looking amazing and have been through a lot to get to this point. So tell us about the journey. Okay, I guess I'll start. So like I said, I lost um, 80 pounds about, it took me about, well, I started seven years ago and I, it took me like 14 or 15 months total to lose the weight. And when I started in the back of my mind, there was a little like voice saying, oh, well, what if I have loose skin? What is that going to look like? Is it going to be worse than what it looks like, what I look like now? It's just so like a lot of emotions and feelings come up when you do start losing weight and you see changes in your body happening and you just start wondering, well, what am I going to look like when I'm done losing weight? Um, Am I going to look like how I would like to look, basically, which is, you know, how I I, I personally wanted to look toned and and fit and like I had lost 80 pounds. And so through my journey, I, you know, I trained with personal trainers a lot in the gym because I didn't know what I was doing and I wanted to learn how to work out properly. And so I remember having a conversation with one of my very first trainers And we were, I had just began like lifting weights and learning about that. And I said, I looked at him and I said, am I going to have loose skin? And this was the first time I had said it out loud. And he said, he looked at me and was like, of course you are. You're going to have loose skin on your stomach, on the back of your legs, on your arms. It's going to be everywhere if you really lose this much weight. And I was like, oh God, okay. Like this is really like going to happen. And I, at that point in my journey, I was about three months into losing weight. So I had lost about, I don't know, I can't remember exactly, but probably like 25 to 30 pounds at that point. And because it comes off fast at the beginning. <laughs> um, the, the end was not that quick. Uh, then I t- kind of told myself after I heard that, that I would, if I could basically lose the weight, I would save every penny I had and treat myself to get my extra skin removed. I didn't know how long it was going to take me. I didn't even know if I was going to finish losing the weight, basically. Um, So I I pushed that to the back of my mind, and I kind of just kept focusing in on my goal at the time, which was to continue losing my weight. So fast forward to the day that I um, went to Weight Watchers and checked in and weighed in and finally hit my goal weight. I kind of, at that point, was, like, exhausted. I, I, I talk about this a little bit on my page and on my blog, but I had come into a point of, like, obsession and just I couldn't 
think of anything else other than like what I was going to eat, how many points it was, how many calories it was, how long am I going to have to work out today? I was just obsessed with... Sounds like orthorexia. Yeah, it was your brain when you get into that place, mental state, it just, it's really hard to like know what to do or like talk to anyone about it because you don't even know you're in it. Um, So I had to basically like refigure out my life. I was like, okay, I, I hit this goal weight and now I need to figure out what to do next. And so I, I spent about a year just kind of maintaining or whatever. And I then decided, okay, I, I still was working out a lot. I still, lo- at this point, I really loved working out. And I was getting really frustrated with my stomach because I lost all this weight I was really strong. I, I could do any core move you asked me to do. I could lift tons of weight. I was physically very fit. But when I looked at myself in the mirror, I didn't have abs. I had a belly that, like, if I leaned over, it would touch the ground, basically. <laughs> Not exactly Whoa. that. But no, that is a good when description. I was, when I was doing a plank, for example, my stomach would basically be touching the ground from the extra skin hanging. And I was so annoyed. And I was frustrated and I was like, I don't get, like, why Why does this have to happen to me? Like, I already lost all this weight. This was hard enough. Now I have to deal with my skin. So I, I went with my first doctor and just because, like, everything felt right inside, right? So the day of the surgery, um, I had my surgery at a surgery center, which if you are thinking about doing the surgery, I would recommend. It's very calming and peaceful. And I woke up and I, like, you're not allowed to, you know, wear any makeup or jewelry or anything, but I did my hair and... I remember being really nervous but excited, and um, the doctor, like, makes some marks on you, and you. I brought a pair of underwear to just make sure my scar was going to be low enough, and uh, basically they sweep you away, and, uh, you know, my last little, like, vision before I went into my, like, sleep uh, was of my doctor putting on his little mask, <laughs> and the next thing I knew is I woke up uh, uh, well drugged and I I guess I asked a funny question to my mom about <laughs> about if I made the right choice about my doctor which I don't know why I would ask that because I was very happy with my doctor clearly it was on your mind I know like I guess <laughs> I was still very concerned about it um you know it's a big decision obviously and I felt fine I was like like I said I was very heavily uh drugged up and stuff and I was able to, they, they, when you get out of surgery, you're completely like in your garments and I had a binder and everything. So it was all like set to go and I had my tubes and our drains and everything already. And I basically just recovered for a little bit in the room. And then I uh, got dressed and made my way back down to the car. And then I recovered at my mom's house um, just so she could watch me for a little bit, like the first week. And um, it was a lot of sleeping the first couple days. I couldn't really stay awake just because of the drugs that I was on. Um, And so just a lot of like coming in and out of sleep. And like when I would wake up, I would try to eat something. I had a hard time holding food down um, just personally. But I think everyone reacts differently when they go into surgery and out of surgery. Um, and then after that, I recovered the next week at my at my own house, and I was still I did some work for my work, and I felt like pretty good actually. I thought the recovery was uh, pretty pretty easy, and it really helped having the garments underneath. Um, you're you feel numb for sure, 
And you go see your doctor a few times afterwards. Like in those two weeks, you see your doctor about three times to make sure everything's good and get your drains out eventually. And having the drains out was amazing. Once those came out, life was much better. Um, having drains in, in your stomach literally loop from side to side is a, definitely an interesting feeling. Yeah, I um, So, yeah, that was my, my skin removal wow. journey. And then after, you know, I was able to recover I used cream on my scars everyone always asked me about my my scars because they're literally almost invisible now except for on my sides um so a silicone based cream was key to using or fixing up my scars and I started working out again uh when I was cleared about uh five or six weeks after my surgery and just continued to strengthen and keep my workout regimen and eating healthy and balanced foods and yeah the recovery was was pretty easy actually for me it sounds like it was well I want I want to hear all about how you're doing now so that everyone knows but first I want to hear Tamara's skin removal surgery (laughs) story and then yeah I'm excited for everyone to hear how you're both doing now So mine was preempted by a a different set of circumstances and I wasn't necessarily like a heavy person, but I was, I, I was really thin when I was modeling, not quite so thin after I wasn't modeling anymore. And honestly, modeling is part of the reason why I became a photographer. So it was an important part of my life, but I had my first child when I was 30 and my first a uh, beautiful daughter was nine pounds, five ounces, and was a C-section after three days of being induced in labor and pushing for a couple hours. There was no way that the child was coming out, so they did a C-section. And not long after I had my first one, 16 months later, I delivered the second one, who was nine pounds, 14 ounces, so almost 10 pounds in my tiny torso and was not a C-section. But I actually, my stomach, the skin on my stomach, in order to accommodate essentially two 10-pound bowling balls 16 months apart, um, I did grow quite a bit of extra skin. What I didn't know is that my abs were completely damaged at the same time, um, especially with the second child. So I'm sorry, Serafina, it's really not your fault. Um, But... (laughs) But I I was married, and I think for me, like, after having the girls, um, my second one was so big that she came out fine. Like, her head came out, but her shoulders were stuck, and when they ripped her out by the head to make sure that she didn't suffer from cerebral palsy, she actually uh, suffered a brachial plexus injury, so she came out with a paralyzed arm, and it was a spinal cord injury, so... Basically, I was in survival mode from the minute that she was born to raise a toddler and to help um, a child with a paralyzed arm that needed occupational therapy because it wasn't going to be something that was getting better. It was going to be something that she would have to learn to live with. So my image of who I was or what I looked like really didn't matter at all. Like, I didn't really care what I looked like. I mean, I, I know that that's not a great thing to say, but... I mean, I was the low person on the totem pole in the marriage in terms of taking care of people. And I went through phases in my marriage where it was really great family-wise and phases where it wasn't. And there was a period of time for a year where my ex now ex-husband was gone for an entire year. And during that year, I lost a ton of weight, primarily because I was just so 
anxious about everything and just so nervous and unhappy and miserable that I just wasn't eating. And when I was really, really thin, I had the stomach that looked like this weird removable stomach. And honestly, the skin on my stomach, even like at my thinnest, it probably hung more, but even at like my heaviest as, you know, a postpartum person, you know, years down the road, there was like a serious like three inch hang of skin over my C-section scar. So even anything, I mean, now this is like kind of a little, a lot of detail, but like even like shaving my bikini area, like I'd have to move the skin out of the way to be able to see. And to me, that was like, okay, that's not. Indicator. Yeah. Not you don't really, want to do that. No, you don't want to do that. So, you know, I can fast forward so many years down the road, but I was on my own with the two girls six years ago, like completely divorced. And the thought of anybody seeing me naked was mortifying. Like who would want to, like, I was absolutely mortified by the way that I looked because I feel like, you know, I have like this young face, like people have no idea how old I am. And, you know, hopefully like somewhere down the line, I'll meet someone that I would want to get naked with. But, you know, it's not like, not really like, I. and I'm not shy about my body. Like I have no problem, you know, skinny dipping or, I mean, not that I would do it like on any given day in LA, but it's like, I'm not, you know, I'm not ashamed of what I look like, but I'm like, this just doesn't quite fit with the rest of like what's going on and like what I'm doing. So I went and I actually, nobody would come forth with like any kind of recommendation of a surgeon in LA. And I'm, I mean, I feel fairly certain that most people have knowledge of a really good plastic surgeon tucked away, but I don't think people are really forthcoming with maybe that they've had something done or that sort of thing. So true. Which is also why I'm glad we're doing this episode. Go on. (laughs) Yeah. So nobody would recommend a surgeon. So I, of course, turned to Yelp and I wasn't, I didn't really know what I was going to have done. I didn't really know if I would have a tummy tuck done. I knew it was going to be a ton of money because I knew insurance wouldn't cover it, whatever it was based on the research that I did. And um, so I found a surgeon on Yelp in Beverly Hills who I absolutely positively loved. And this entire process was a completely solo adventure for me, except for some of the post-op visits. My youngest daughter would go with me to those. What was the surgeon's name? Um, Dr. Kevin Brenner. Just because I or know no, a Bren- lot of people. Brenner might. or Brennan. I'll have to like double yeah. check. You can well, put it in the can, show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, Perfect. but he was amazing. So I, I would much rather prefer someone who's super matter of fact, to the point and realistic and is an impeccable artist or craftsman or surgeon than someone who's like going to sell you on a service. And he was pretty matter of fact. But when I went in to have him take a look at my stomach and my awful paper panties that everybody wears when they go in to see. Yeah, now I have a horrible image of, of those. <laughs> they're not, both they're not cute. <laughs> they are not cute. Even on the best body, they're not cute. But when he's like lifting up the skin and looking around, you know, like moving all of that extra skin around. I wish everyone could see the, the <laughs> hand motion that Tamara just made. I um, can imagine it. Yeah, but he's like, did you know you have a hernia? And I was like, What? <laughs> He's like, yeah, you have an umbilical hernia. And I always wondered what that weird thing was behind my belly button or in my belly button and possibly why I felt nauseous when I did ab stuff. But he he said, yeah, you have an umbilical hernia. And he said, my guess is you have abdominal diastasis as well, which would be the split in my abs because he said, you know, when the muscles are stretched out there or really separated, then it makes you prone to having a hernia. And he was asking me, do you ever feel nauseous? Do you ever like asking me these lists of questions. So 
the date of my surgery, my mom actually came out from the East Coast and my daughter had classes that day. So my friend was going to drive me to my surgery appointment and she completely overslept. So I ended up calling an Uber. (laughs) And I was like, and this is the life of a single parent. Um, Seriously. Yeah. So I ended up calling an Uber at 530 in the morning to get to the the doctor's office. They have a surgical suite to the side of the doctor's office. And I took an Uber to surgery by myself with my big bag of recovery stuff. And my mother would not drive in LA traffic at any given time, really by herself. And so I took my Uber to the surgical center, went in, got all ready for surgery, sitting there by myself, which actually I think it was a good thing because I I think I would have been... I would have been more nervous if my mother was there or if my daughter was there. So I think being by myself was probably best, although I wouldn't want my kids to go under surgery alone. And, um, yeah, I got all marked up. But the last thing I remember is that I was doing – I had just finished reading uh, Gabrielle Bernstein's The Universe Has Your Back. So I did this visualization – (laughs) Yeah, but I did this visualization while they were, like, before they put me under, basically envisioning, like, you know, my guardian angel and, like, these, you know, gold glowing lights and basically thinking that I was going to be in good hands because my angel was going to protect me and take care of me as I went under. And that's really the last thing I remember. But according to my anesthesiologist, they gave me half the dose of anesthesia that they normally give someone, and it took me twice as long to come out. So it took me two and a half hours to come out from anesthesia. Wow. Yeah, well, really Speaking sensitive. of your angels, your <laughs> spirits, Tamara, you did the awesome automatic writing and had a really, really cool experience. I did, I did. So, I mean, I definitely feel like I have people protecting me from other realms, but um, yeah, I mean... I would say for me, the hardest part of recovering from this, oh, and what actually was going on inside of my stomach, everybody, no, um, is that I had a six-inch vertical split between the right side of my abs and the left side of my abs. And so there is no way that that split would ever be healed on its own. I mean, it was a half a foot of a split. Yeah, so they stitched my abs back together, and automatically I had actually a waist that I haven't had since before I was pregnant with the second one. Woohoo! I know. I mean, it's not like I have any sort of hourglass figure, but they also took out took off eight inches of vertical skin. So they removed eight inches of extra skin from my stomach, which, I mean, running with eight inches of skin, I mean, Brittany knows, like doing anything. I, I actually, I was actually embarrassed to go to the gym. I felt like... I wouldn't even go to the gym. I would never go beforehand. I felt like that running too. It was, I felt like everyone could see my stomach literally moving up and down. Yeah. With every, like, when I would run on the treadmill and I would try to wear like my tightest pants or my tightest shirt to like make everything just be still, but it doesn't, it doesn't stay still. No, it doesn't. (laughs) Yeah. That is so nuts. Um, But the hardest part of surgery, like recovering from the surgery for me, and this is from the perspective of being a parent of two kids is that. I couldn't do anything. So surrendering control and the ability to be able to do anything for anyone else. I mean, I could barely, like the first, my goal the first week was make it to the corner, like the down the flight of stairs and to the corner of our street with the dog. But I, 
I mean, I just, I couldn't do anything. I also had to turn over work. So that's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So As you did. I did. To with, Ashley. Uh, to Ashley, who. Ashley, I'm, who's been on this podcast. <laughs> Ashley Straff for everybody listening. <laughs> but I mean, it's hard when you work independently or for yourself when you have to say, well, I can't do that then because you never want to say that. I mean, I, in the past, that's how I've lost clients. It's hard. I mean, I can only imagine and. I've had to do that for other reasons from time to time. And it is scary because you feel like you are going to lose your clients or your contacts or your momentum. Mm -hmm. And I remember you and I had this conversation one time because I was overbooking the shit out of myself. (laughs) I still do. I'm getting better. And I remember walking down the street with you. We were doing a photo shoot. And I was telling you, this is where I'm going next, and this is where I'm going after that, and this is where I'm going after that, and this is where I'm going after that. And you were like, so why exactly (laughs) do you overbook yourself so insanely much? And really got me thinking, why am I afraid to say no? Because I'm afraid that a brand won't ask me to do something again, or am I afraid to say no to my friends because they won't ask me to do something again or I don't want to disappoint people and it's been the hardest thing for me to learn. So the fact that, well, you got me thinking about it and helped me more than you know with that conversation. I'm, I'm still trying to incorporate that into my life, but it's important and everybody who listens to this podcast knows that that is my biggest struggle and my biggest thing that I want is like time to myself and time to not rush around and just peace like the mind is a crazy thing. So you taking a whole month or more off of it work. Was more. It so was more. The first I'm time just I... thinking of you coming to the New Year's <laughs> event, which was well, your first time, that's the first time, time right? I picked up a camera. So your New Year's Eve event on December 31st, I had a job with Mind Body Green booked for, I want to say January 10th or 12th. So a little bit, you know, a week and a half after New Year's Eve. And I hadn't picked up a camera. And so my abs were completely stitched together. I had the hernia repaired and all the skin removed. And I mean, the cameras aren't heavy, but they're also not light. And I don't use a tripod. Everything's handheld. So I wanted to go to that New Year's Eve event just to like kind of test out how I would be shooting an event. Okay, me should have thought a little bit better about it because it was hot yoga. <gasps> It was a hundred and whatever degrees. Well, it was supposed to be 85 degrees, but there were so many people in that room. <laughs> it was, it was so beyond hot. capacity, way beyond capacity. And people were heavily drenched and dehydrated. Yeah. And Sophie and myself were, we didn't know what to do. I had the fans on, I had the heat off, I had the doors open and it was still it was really, it was, insanely hot. It was insanely Something hot. weird happened. Yeah. But it was, I mean, it was a good test for me because I, 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 was, I was pretty, <laughs> I was pretty much wiped out the next day from doing it. And, but it I was remember also, I was like, where did Tamara and Tess, her daughter go? Yeah. They are gone. Yeah. We but were, that was, that was like, you know, was that past midnight? Oh, it was, yeah, it was before midnight. right before it, midnight was rung in. But I was, I, I knew I could shoot under normal circumstances because I could shoot under hot yoga circumstances. Yeah, I tested you. Yeah, I, I tested myself you. too. So <laughs> it was good. I mean, it was a good thing to to pick up the camera and at least see like what my limitations were with moving around. And I think the thing that I was shooting after, it might have been Light Watkins, but and he was meditation-based. So it wasn't as much moving around. It was yeah. a little bit more stationary. So it was good. It was a good test. But 
my one regret out of this, and I think a lot of women automatically think that like postpartum, if you think that you have, you know, something going on with your abs, like a split or something, like I feel like if men delivered babies, automatically they would be sent to physical therapy after giving birth to babies. Then they would have some sort of checkup to make sure that they didn't have a split in their abs that needed to be surgically repaired. I mean, I feel like it would be a whole different ball of wax. But sometimes, you know, I've seen these things for fascia blasters and all kinds of things where people can heal like abdominal diastasis. And it's like, you know, if it's more than like an inch or so, I think surgery is the only way to repair your Yours abs. Yours was six inches. Six inches. Six inches. Damn, girl. Yeah. No, that's, that's like crazy. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. So I'm glad that I had it done. I wish I had it done years ago. Yeah. And that my ex-husband paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes and yes. And I just wanted to briefly interrupt this amazing conversation with Brittany and Tamara to talk about Sunbasket, the sponsor of today's episode. You guys are probably familiar with Sunbasket because it is an amazing, healthy meal delivery service that I love and I use all the time. So you've probably heard me talk about it or you've probably seen me post about it on my Instagram. So we all know that a huge part of eating healthy is just making the time to do that, making the time to go to the grocery store or to the farmer's market, spending the time in your kitchen when you get home from a long day. And a lot of us don't always have the time, the space, or the energy to do that. So finding the time is huge. And when I find something that helps me use my time more efficiently, I fall in love with it. So that's how Sunbasket is. It's a meal delivery service that has pre-prepped, pre-portioned healthy ingredients that you can choose online beforehand and that get delivered straight to your door. So each meal can be prepared in about 30 minutes, which is so easy, so fast. That's something that's really important to me because I don't necessarily like to spend more than 30 minutes in the kitchen. I don't usually have that kind of time, especially during the week. So something else I love about Sunbasket is that all of their produce is organic and non-GMO. They have sustainably sourced meats and seafood from the best farmers and the best fishermen. They offer paleo, gluten-free, vegetarian, and lean and clean options, all of which are created by award-winning chefs and approved by nutritionists. They're also approved by me, if that matters to you at all. And each recipe comes with pre-measured, fresh ingredients and easy-to-follow directions. So it's also delicious. I wouldn't tell you guys about it if I didn't love the way that all of the meals turn out. So to order your meals and get this amazing deal that they're offering to our Soul on Fire tribe, go to sunbasket.com balance to get 50% off of your first order. That's sunbasket.com slash balanced to get 50% off of your first order. That is a really good deal, guys. Sunbasket.com slash balanced. And I just wanted to quickly tell you some of my favorite meals from Sunbasket are their Chipotle chicken lettuce cups with mango avocado salsa. That is a paleo, gluten-free, dairy-free, and soy-free option. I also love their spinach and quinoa 
quinoa-stuffed portobello's with white bean mash, which is also a gluten-free, vegan, and dairy-free option. And they have a delicious pan-seared chicken and carrots with mint pesto dish that is amazing. It comes with couscous. And of course, I can't really have couscous because of my gluten-free life, but other people in my life love their couscous. So I love, love, love making these meals for me and for Jonathan and for other people in my life. And I absolutely can't wait for you guys to try them too. So be sure to use the code sunbasket.com slash balanced to try it yourself. I feel like the big takeaway from your story, one of the big takeaways is if you had done it sooner, like you would, you would feel, you would have gotten the chance to feel the way you do now about yourself for all those years. And then your big takeaway is you, you were able to believe in yourself that it was skin, not fat. And that was like this huge relief for you. And I feel like thinking about hearing you tell that story and then that realization that you had is like, duh, it was skin from our point of view now. But you were in such a headspace of not trusting yourself and such a negative cycle of low confidence that, of course, you still were afraid that it was fat. But of course it wasn't. That's, that's kind of my thought. But it's really cool to hear both of your stories. Well, what's interesting is that I was photographing someone that Brittany was working with. So I actually met Brittany a month and a half or so before I had, or maybe a month yeah. before I had the consultation. Mm -hmm. And you were really forthcoming about the fact that you had had the surgery. Yeah. And I mean, most people... You were well, probably so glad to well, talk to someone who yeah. have been there. And then even when I was at Revitalize in September with Mind Body Green, I was talking to all kinds of, not all kinds of people, but a few Doctors. people had had, well, a few people had had like their nose, you know, fixed for breathing reasons or whatever. And I had never, ever really considered plastic surgery. And I haven't done it. I mean, I'm terrified of having Botox or fillers or any of that stuff on my face, but... I mean, it's nice when people are forthcoming about, hey, I didn't just like wake up like this one day, you know, that yeah. that sometimes you need surgical or surgical intervention is just another tool or another way to help you feel yes. the way that you need to feel. And also to help your body, you know, to help your body change when it physically would not be able to yeah, do it on its own. I completely agree. I think... I had my surgery four years ago. I absolutely knew no one at that time who had had plastic surgery, let alone the type of plastic surgery that I had. Well, other a lot than, of people other than don't myself, talk about I, it. So yeah. perhaps they just didn't tell you. Yeah, or maybe they didn't tell me, but I like, I mean, I was, I guess, pretty young to have that type of surgery. But for me, it was the final step in my, or not the final step, but one of the major steps in my journey that I, I knew that I needed to take for myself. And I was lucky enough to be able to do that. And, you know, afterwards, I just felt like I finally had the body that I really had worked so hard to get. And I could see that reflection. And I, when I started my Instagram account, I, ha I always was open about my surgery. Because Remind people what you are on Instagram so they oh, can look Instagram you up while we're talking. My Instagram account is Fitty Britty. With it's many T's. With many, many T's. It's <laughs> two T's in Fitty and four in Britty. And I okay. wish I could change that, but I can't. Do you know how, how like, <laughs> when Instagram, when you're trying to tag someone in a, 
in a comment. Yeah. And sometimes their name doesn't show up. Does yeah. that happen to you guys oh my God, on Instagram? It to me. Yeah. So annoying. So I never know how many T's are in your pretty. <laughs> and so I'm like, five, no. And then I look, oh, that account doesn't exist. Six, no, nope, that's somebody else. Three, oh, that's somebody else. And then I find, and then I have to go look at your account and like c- yeah. try to count oh the T's, God. but like that's impossible when to do. I, when I started my account, someone had already had Fitty Pretty with two T's in both. And I, so I couldn't take it. So I was like, do I just do one more? Do I make it even? So I went with the even <laughs> I think number. it's endearing. <laughs> I like when people have names that are just a little different. Yeah. So <laughs> Different anyways, than what you might think. That is definitely, yeah. The, you, most of the time when people look for me, I should come up if you just do the two T's and fitty. <laughs> so, but. <laughs> we'll tag her too yes. the day that this episode comes uh, out. But, so I started my uh, Instagram Instagram account about three years ago. So it was a year after I had my surgery and from the basically the first time I ever posted a transformation photo, I was like asked if I had had surgery and I was always very open with it. But I was nervous as crap that I was going to be judged for having surgery and for, you know, being fake or something. But well, it, there is such a stigma about surgery yes. sometimes how there's that whole way of thinking that you should do it on your own. Your body can heal itself. All you need to do is this, this and this and get the right type yeah. of diet and trainer and I am so not of that mentality, obviously. You guys know that, but everybody listening, too. I think to judge somebody for the choice that they make to feel their absolute best, even if that's a nose job or a boob job or whatever, I am all for it. Whatever is going to make anybody feel their best and feel their sexiest, that's so important. That's like a huge part of being happy and having confidence. So... I, I commend agree. you about, go on, had to say. <laughs> I was just saying that I've always been uh, very open about my surgeries because I feel like it's something that, like we said before, not very many people talk about. And I think it's crazy that people don't talk about it because people need to know about this type of stuff because it really, like Jordan was saying, it completely helped with my body confidence, body awareness, and put the final touches on like how I want wanted to look after my journey um, of losing all the weight and I think you know I share on my page and on my blog the like complete story and I tell people who my doctor is and all that so if you're on the east coast um, and you need a doctor for something like this or just a really great plastic surgeon you can find his name on my blog Um, his name's Dr. Haven Barlow, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Amazing. Um, uh, so, and yeah. her account is full of inspiration. Well, there's a lot of transformation photos, yes. which I think are very inspiring to people. Tamara, you should do a transformation. Yes. No. Yes. I, am, I am the person It's not behind. your aesthetic on your Instagram. Well, I need but. to totally switch my Instagram up because I keep mixing personal and you know, commercial work. Oh, I don't think you need to change that. Okay. I, I feel like that's Instagram. you. It's yeah. your it's your art yeah. and it's you. But anyhow, I am the person behind the camera, so I'm not very comfortable being <laughs> on the other side of the camera <laughs> in this decade of my life. But what I was thinking about is that for you, being your age and, you know, in your 20s, it really is like the start of this springboard into the rest of your life. Yeah. And for me, at my age, at, I mean, I was... I was 51 when I had the surgery done. I mean, it's it was the start of me reinventing that second half of my life that hopefully I have as many years to go as yes. I've already lived. But, you know, I think it's really important to feel like, I don't know, to just feel like you, you're able to 
be who it is you want to be. And that really encompasses like so many different issues right now too in the world, you know, with it LG, does. you know, with transgender and just everything. It's I like- know. Actually, something you said, I'm trying to think of what it was, Brittany, reminded me almost of like a transgender, like a something that I've heard people say once they have their surgery, they're finally in the body that they yeah, were meant yeah, to have, yeah, that they've yeah. worked so hard to accept. Exactly. And I think that's so beautiful that it can be compared that way. Like we're all meant to be in the bodies that we want and that yeah. we deserve to have that we're that feel the most us yeah you want to feel your like your most authentic self and I definitely think it's a journey to get there I think my 20s were spent you know getting there and I turned 30 this last December so I'm you too look so young <laughs> Thank you. I mean 30 is young but still 30 yeah it feels older babies. but babies <laughs> yeah so I'm going into my 30s now and I just feel like I'm really who I am fully and completely. And it's just been like every little step of the way, like adding on. And the surgery was a big part of it. And um, I love to share my story about it because I think, like I said, more people need to be talking about this kind of stuff. So I think you should both write books. <laughs> Memoir. You're like the second person who's told me this. That's at least the second time I have told you that, too, because I feel like you both have such a memoir. Tamara's could have, like, pretty photos in it that you take. and That's all it could be is just a photo book. Oh, well, wait you a could do That's what I already do. Yeah, that is. You it's already perfect. have. Photo book. Exactly. So in just a few words, tell everybody, like, other things about you, just so that they get a well-rounded point of view because your surgery is a part of you and helps you reinvent yourself, helps you find that true confidence. <laughs> really <laughs> funny things to yeah, say. Yeah, it could be as like, random as you want. I'm a single woman. I'm 51. I have brown hair and brown eyes. Are there, yeah, are there any single men out there who are There's listening like, to this podcast? Has, has an accent. Yeah. tall. Any single handsome. British men. <laughs> and really nice. If really there really are nice. any <laughs> middle-aged single men listening to this podcast episode, I'm impressed. <laughs> and please let us know because... We have an eligible bachelorette over here. No, I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing. I'm as much of, my life is as as much of a question mark as yours, Brittany. Yeah, my life's a big question mark. Yeah, but it's like, because for me, I mean, being in the position I'm in with two girls going away to school is that I can do anything, which leaves, you know, only like a million different choices of things to do. So I really want, I mean, ideally, I've been doing a lot of work, a lot of personal work on trying to really narrow down what it is I want to do. But I I really want to be like a travel photographer. I mean, I lived in four or five different countries before I had children. So that wanderlust never faded. Are you a Sagittarius? No, I'm a Libra. Yeah, I'm a very balanced person. I'm not the I'm the balanced brunette. You are the balanced brunette. Well, I feel like this is the time in your life, like everything is in your favor to travel. Your kids are going away. You have reinvented yourself. You feel really good. Mm -hmm. You are at a crossroads. You're single. I mean, what's holding you back? No, I mean, nothing. Just yeah, really, nothing is except for the dog. I mean, that's the oh, one. I know he's the best. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's but narrowing it down. Like, I don't want to just be like some floundering person yeah. trying to figure it all out. But I've, I'm putting together a plan of ways to shoot. And I think that it's funny when you Google like yoga influencers in Italy. 
they're none or fitness influencers. They're none because it's such a different mentality. About, like a really big influencer that wants to spend some time in Italy. Well, that, that might is, be your best yeah, I mean, that's bet. part of, um, part of the plan that I'm putting together, but something along those lines. And I started the podcast just kind of as a documentation of where I've been, not so much what I'm doing now, but like kind of how I've gotten to the place that I've gotten to now. And I don't know. I mean, there are so many, I mean, there's so many different things to do. Like there's so many different ways to, to be able to work. So it's exciting. But I think the interesting thing is that, I mean, it took me a long time to heal post-divorce in terms of just getting, I mean, I feel like now I'm finally at a place where I feel really good about where I am financially. Yes, it's not exactly what I want and it's not really what I envisioned for myself. If you had asked me 10 years ago what my life would look like at this point, I didn't think it would look anything like this. But it's also this huge gift. Like it's such a gift to be able to be given the freedom of choice and I don't know. I mean, my ex-husband is remarried and has two really young children and mine are, you know, on the brink of starting their own lives outside of university in two or two and three years. So, you know, it's, 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 I feel like I was, I was the one that came out with the huge gift of freedom that someone else didn't necessarily get. So I'm appreciative. I mean, I, I, I didn't think it would go this way, but I'm, you know, I'm happy to be in the place that I'm in. And I get to hang out with all of these young, beautiful people all the time, which... Yeah, we love you. No, but I mean, it's weird because I, in some ways I don't feel like... Yeah, sometimes I, the mom part of me, like, wants to, you know, comes out a tiny, tiny bit. I love that, as you know. I know, but the weird thing is, like, I don't feel... I mean, I feel like I'm still this, like, 23, 24-year-old. I mean, not, I don't know. You are at heart. But then the great thing about the mom part of you, for me and for, for people who you shoot, is, like, coming to your house, for example, and I've told you this, and having a fully stocked home. <laughs> I have a, a mom, mom kitchen. And, like, we have to make, you know, recipes, and you have everything, and you have all the cleaning supplies and, like, everything <laughs> I don't have. And I finally have my cleaning supplies. But, you know, that was recent with the laundress. Yeah. And um, it's just like a world wisdom that you have that is, like, highly yeah. appreciated. I think it's the nurturing part of me. Yes. Like, I feel protective in a way, too, of everybody that I've been lucky enough to be involved with you know, in terms of photographing them. Because I am so much older. But it's like I never want to represent... I don't never want you guys to be represented in a way that isn't authentic to you or that somehow compromises any of your integrity. And I think that there's so much photography out there, especially on Instagram, not with Mind Body Green and not with the people that I photograph, but I see a lot of young girls really and young as in like people 30 and under that are really compromising. I would just say their public persona because it's so much about sex and body parts. And it almost borderlines on almost soft porn for some people. And that's really, I, I don't know. I just, I find that to not be maybe the best presentation of themselves. I mean, there's a tasteful way and an untasteful way, but any, or yeah. distasteful way. So I feel I agree. the integrity of like what I shoot and how I shoot and, and you guys. the authenticity factor, because that's what I thought you were going to say, is so many people represent themselves on Instagram 
in an in a non-authentic way almost yeah. accidentally especially in this industry working with brands and I certainly have done it many many times before I learned my lesson that I don't want to be affiliated with brands that I don't believe in or I don't want to right. be staging myself in such an obviously inauthentic way yeah. that I feel uncomfortable posting the photo and I feel like I have to explain myself later kind of thing so I feel like you're so good at capturing people's true, authentic side. I try to. And everybody's so beautiful. Like, it's it always amazes me when people are like, oh, do you only photograph beautiful people? And it's, no, I photograph people, but everybody's beautiful. So it's just so true. my job to capture the beauty that I see. So, I mean, everybody, really, everybody's pretty stunning in their own special way. So true. So... Okay, so what was the question? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm like off in my. Like, I don't even know. Focusing on you, um, Brittany. What else? Tell, oh, tell, uh, us, tell us more like about a few what other else things. About. Okay, yeah. so uh, all the things. Let's see. I am, like I said, I recently, within the last like year and a half or two years, I've gotten much more into yoga. My when I was losing weight, um, I was very into very intense workouts. <laughs> So weightlifting, boot camps. Orange Theory, um, right? Orange Theory. Lots the of East Coast. running. Yeah. Lots of just like basically tearing my body apart um, almost and making it rebuild itself. And over the years, my hips were hurting. My back was hurting. Lots of hurting all over my body. And so I, uh, when I moved out to L.A., I, I was still... I, I did a brief stint at uh, Equinox. I worked for them for a little bit, so I was using their facilities. And I, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was going to be a trainer for them, and it did, did not work out that way, but I, I think it was for the best. But I was using their facilities, and I, I love the gym. I love Equinox, and they have amazing trainers there. And so I would train with a few of the trainers there. I would go to the classes, and I was starting to take yoga classes there. And I always had kind of like a bad, like, tastes for yoga because I used to do Bikram yoga when I was when I was at the very no end of my journey. No wonder you had a yes. bad taste in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. I was near the end of my journey. I was basically doing anything I could to get to my goal weight and Bikram was 90 minutes of pure sweat and would basically make me lose two pounds every time I went because I was it was water weight Healthy. but it was yeah it was still you know something on the scale moving and so the Bikram person I had, I don't know if you guys have never experienced Bikram, it can be extremely strict. You are only allowed to drink water when they tell you to drink water, et cetera, et cetera. I had... I'm raising my hand <laughs> because I, when I met you, what did I tell you the first time I met you? I was like, I hate yoga. Yeah. I said we discussed that. Bikram yeah. and I was like, no, 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 no. No, I went to Bikram one time. I Bikram. went to Bikram in here. Yeah. And I don't even like yoga. I don't do yoga, but I went to a Bikram class because someone said I, someone that I met at church was like, oh, come, you can be my guest. I went, I've never done Bikram yoga. I went to drink my water when I thought I was going to pass out or die. And I got yelled at over the guy on the headset, the instructor saying, no, it's not water party time. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm in like this room hotter than, <laughs> than the Sedona desert in summer. And if I feel like I need to drink a yeah. water, it's, it's very similar to a cult. Yeah, they barked at me. And I didn't I like it. Okay, so on with really your story. Don't, yeah. don't like the I had a military man yoga. teaching my Bikram. Well, that and sounds it was, super fun. It was scary. I mean, the first time I ever went to Bikram, I was dying laughing. I thought we were going to get kicked out. My, I, I took my mom <laughs> with me. My mom has been the person all throughout basically my whole life where we just do like a lot of stuff together. She I likes, love that. She likes working out a lot. And so we 
we still to this day work out a lot together. And so probably so proud of your transformation. Yes, she is. She's very proud. My whole family is pretty proud. So we went together to to this Bikram class. And if you don't know Bikram, you start with this breathing technique that is hilarious to me and was hilarious to me. But um, and I my mom and I busted out laughing. And yeah, the breath like you like are. Yeah. Oh, Oh, that's at the end. No, they like constricting the throat about. and it just sounds with like the, you're like <gasps> yeah oh god don't put that in but you know <laughs> yeah. yes with crossing of the fingers under down. the chin so we were busting out laughing you know we're we're getting the eyes from this military man like you better get it together you know so I just had a, a bad a bad flavor basically in my mouth from from that experience and I I couldn't drag myself to a yoga class after I did that for actually a couple months though before I was like what am I doing um, I'm with you. I did Bikram for years. Yeah. I didn't know any other style of yoga existed, but I was yeah, really, it was, I was really like popular. 14. Yeah. Back in the day. It was the only yoga studio in Sacramento at first. Yeah. And when I moved to LA, I, I, I was working for Equinox and I was taking some yoga classes and bar classes and kind of like exploring the softer side of working out, I guess I want to say. Um, I was kind of I was still training with a trainer every once in a while, and I would also still run. But I was definitely starting to be like, okay, I don't feel great when I'm doing these super intense workouts anymore. And I need to find a workout that basically I still feel good doing and that is good for my body. And, and yeah, so I started exploring yoga, bar, Pilates, like a bunch of things. And then when I moved actually up to L.A., I was in Orange County at the time, and I was – up to LA, I, I found core power. I did my free week of core power and I was obsessed. Of course, I got obsessed with sculpt, which is the more intense version, the most intense it's version. It's still of, softer than some high intensity but though, yes, but no, it's Because you're barefoot and on kind of a springier uh, floor, it was, I just loved it. I just loved the adrenaline, the music, the, um, it was like a nice way to incorporate a little bit of yoga with what I was already familiar with, which was the lifting part of it. And so got addicted to that. Then I did like a month, like from Groupon or something. And then I started working with them. So it was like completely amazing. It was such an authentic, um, partnership and collaboration. And I, I still work with them to this day. And I met Jordan that way. And I really have fallen in love with yoga and I don't do sculpt anymore. I'm primarily doing their like C, C level classes, which are just their vinyasa flows. And I am obsessed. Um, I'm you're going to be, yes, I'm in yoga teacher training. I think I mentioned that before I have like a week and a half left of training. That went fast. It went so fast. I feel like you started like yesterday. It went fast, but slow at the same time, you know, like anatomy weekend was a bore for me, but I know it's so important. It can be. It depends on the teacher. I was just talking to somebody about this. It's important, but it really depends on how the info is presented. Exactly. He did a good job, but I just have a hard time with that concept. But um, It's a lot, especially uh, at first. Yeah, and yoga teacher training has been very transformative as well. It's funny because I always was so focused in and on transforming my outsides, my body, and how I look to everyone else, but I I never really considered or took the time to work on the inside, my inner workings and kind of like explore what is happening in my brain. What is happening? You know, why back in the day was I so mean to myself? Why were, why were I have, or why was I having these thoughts about I hated how I looked or I hated my body? Why was I crying all the time? Why, why was I always hungry all the time? Why all these questions, right? So I never, no one back 
when I was losing weight was like, hey, what's going on in, in your head? What's, what, what are you feeling? That was not, no. It was like, go harder, go faster, keep, keep going. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't about anything on my inside. And so the last couple years, I've kind of been exploring what's going on, what's happening and in my head and in my heart. And how does that correlate with, you know, my outsides? And yoga teacher training has really opened my eyes to it. I mean, like, it's crazy. And I really, really recommend yoga teacher training to anyone. I'm not even done, but it's been an amazing experience. <laughs> you're in it. That's yeah, the best time. I don't even if you're know actually sure. recommending it while you're in it, yeah, then It's that's definitely good. intense and hard and a lot of work and pushes you way out of your comfort zone. But it makes you stop and think about so many things about just your life in general and what's happening around you and you know, what, why you're having certain thoughts and it helps you to explore those things. And I think that is such a big role. I talk a lot about it on my page now about how people need to figure that part out almost first before you can really stick with maybe making an outside transformation or losing weight. Because, you know, people come to me all the time asking, oh, what do I need to do? Give me a formula. I'm like, no, there, there isn't one. I don't have one for you. You have to figure it out. Yeah. And I, no one wants to hear that, really. I didn't. I no wanted something. Anybody, but you have to do the work yes. on yourself. That's exactly. really huge. Mm-hmm. It's so cool that you share that yeah. on your page because yeah. that's something people are always thinking about the exterior. Yes. Even I get caught up in that all the time, even with yoga. And yoga is such a way of life and it's the most meaningful thing to me on the inside. But sometimes I'm like, if I'm not going every day, I'm thinking more about the exterior when it's like I could actually sit and meditate and mm-hmm. get a lot of the same internal benefits. Yeah. Like I've been forced to not to not exercise for more than a week because I've been sick. I went once the day that I texted you and it was nice because like my body was starting to hurt from not moving. But it wiped me out. I'm still wiped out. And I certainly couldn't go last night because that was a C3. And yeah. oh, I so did you not go? Oh, did I tell you I was going? Yeah. Oh, I think that was Tuesday that okay. I texted you because I did go, but I didn't I didn't go last night. I wanted to go. I had no energy. And as you can see, I'm sick, like yeah. a little sick, and I need to just rest. And yes. it's so it's such a hard decision to make. Yeah. But um the question I was gonna ask you guys both really quick on that note. Oh, well, I wanted to say actually on that note that I can totally envision us teaching retreats together. Yes. Um, that's such a goal. photographing yeah. them in an epic exotic location. Oh if you're not Bali. already. We're putting yeah, it out Bali. there in the universe. Oh yes, my God. I oh, I'll show you guys. I oh found this really cool looking retreat Bali's center like, in that's Bali. That's on my list oh my of things to I do. I want to go there. This is going in December. Oh, I'm so jealous. Need a photographer. Yeah. I know. Need yeah. a travel buddy. <laughs> um, Jonathan, should we bring a photographer with us? Jonathan oh, sorry, is, Jonathan. Oh, Jonathan is always like, more pictures, seriously, but he's so good about it. I'm such but a fly on the wall. You'll never even know. No, I know you are. You are. You can be. I mean, you have that quality about you. Fly on a hot wall in a yoga room. <laughs> right. So, oh yeah, literally a burning hot wall. Those are some of the best pictures ever. A few of those. Um, so I will ask you guys two questions. They'll be the final questions, and it's questions that I ask everyone who comes on this podcast. So one. In just a few words, what would be your top tip for people who want to set their souls on fire? I think that finding your most authentic self and going on a journey to find that and experimenting with 
a lot of things until you maybe find the thing that really can set your soul on fire is what I would suggest doing because that is what I've done. I've literally just been on a journey, like I said, for over seven years. And each little thing that I discover, I mean, it could be like the smallest little tiny thing or even making a new friend. It just leads to so many other amazing things and you just never know what's going to happen. And I love trying new things. I think that's another big thing too is just putting yourself out of your comfort zone and seeing what you love and what resonates with you and how you can become the person that you envision and want to be. Yeah, girl. Tamara. Yeah, that you sort of took part of my answer. I feel like I'm in school and I'm like, oh gosh, like what can I say? I'm going to, I'll veer in a slightly different direction. I think that one way to really find what sets your soul on fire is to not compare yourself to anybody else, to really like go within. And I know for some people that might mean meditation or prayer, but I think everything you need to know, like everything that is like your burning desire, it's all inside of you. I think sometimes we just don't pay attention because we're so distracted by everything around us with social media or phones or television, just any of that. But yeah, like I, life is an adventure. So live it, you know, go on those scary rides of life and, you know, dig deep and kind of figure out what it is that that drives you. Like, I know for me, it's travel. Like, that's when the more lost I am, the more I find myself. So when I... I Beautiful. Thank you. Wow. I love that. (laughs) I love that. I love hearing that because I feel like everybody, everybody always has an answer that's so unique to them. Mm -hmm. Nobody's ever had the same exact answer, even if it seems like Oh, authenticity, travel. It's so it's so it's so unique to each person and I love that because it says it has a lot to say about both of you, who I obviously love very much. <laughs> so, final question. If you were a color, what color do you feel best represents your energy? Definitely pink. <laughs> I I hated pink when I was younger because I thought it was too girly and I always loved blue, so that would be my second color. and it it goes well with my hair but pink definitely I just think it's bright bubbly positive energetic and I feel like that's who I am like what shade of pink like (laughs) I don't know I mean blush pink is very in right now and very trendy but I envision myself like more like bright like yeah I see you know like like barbie pink pink, hot pink you know whatever yeah (laughs) like that's my favorite nail color yeah I feel like I'm pink so you're pink uh, I was going to say pink, too. Oh, you were? Like yeah, but mine's like a dusty, rosy, yeah, nostalgic Yeah, that's pink. you. Yeah. But so either pink or like a really icy blue, like like that blue, blue, like the color of, you know. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. Such water. a good, yeah, icy water blue. Bora Bora blue. Bora Bora um, blue. We could go there, there we go. too. <laughs> yeah, well, that is the Bora Bora ocean. That's yeah. beautiful. So, yeah, yeah Bora Bora blue would work for me. girl <laughs> in the ocean, yeah. <laughs> I was just telling Tamara I had this feng shui specialist here. She's on the podcast coming up too, Energy Muse. Actually, when this comes out, they'll have been on. And she pointed out that all of my artwork 
has one female in it in my whole apartment. So if you see, there's Marilyn Monroe, there's the girl in Bora Bora, there's the, there's the dancer pose, mm-hmm. there's me alone, and then there's um one that I put in a closet for now because I'm not sure what to do with it, but it's a girl laying in the grass. I love it. I just have to find a new a new place for <laughs> you just it. Just have to put and, a little boy in that. Yeah, one. I know. <laughs> Cut so, out a man and stick it on there. That was one. That was a what rela- is that supposed a to relationship mean? feng shui? Oh. No, no. So she said Jonathan and I should pick out some artwork together that has two people in it. So I told him that. <laughs> he was into the idea, or maybe he was humoring me because he knows that all of my spiritual stuff can go bubble out of proportion sometimes. But I was into that. I was like, wow, I, I did choose all of this artwork as a single woman. I mean, and throughout my 20s and before I was dating him. So... Maybe it's time for a new a new piece of art. Couples art. Couples art. <laughs> or framing some photos of us. That's cute. Maybe one day I can get him to we can do a photo shoot with Tamara. That would be oh. so fun. We've we've never had a professional photo taken of us. And Bali. I think it Bali. <laughs> she whispers into the microphone. I know. Bali, Bali. Bali it needs to happen. <laughs> oh, well, thank you guys for sharing your stories. You're both so open and vulnerable and authentic and real. And detailed, which I really appreciate. <laughs> I, I really do. Like, I think that's what podcasts are all about. Getting to hear someone's story and actually taking the time to do it. And that's my favorite thing about having this podcast is people that I know, getting to know them so much better in an undistracted environment. And I feel so lucky that you guys have been here. Thanks, Jordan. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. This fun. <laughs> I know. Tell everyone where they can find you if they didn't already catch it. Okay, so I'm at Fitty Pretty on Instagram. That's two T's in Fitty and four in Pretty. <laughs> and then my blog is also fittybritty.com. And I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, all the all that jazz. I, I don't really use the others as much as um, I do my Instagram and my blog. And I am on Instagram at tmuthking. So it's T-M-U-T-H-K-I-N-G. And my website is moothking.xyz. So I didn't go .com. No wonder I can never find your website. I ever. I know, because I make it really easy for people to find me, get in touch with me, <laughs> hire me. You know, right. I'm like an enigma. Like yes. I maybe exist. You're maybe a word of mouth kind oh, of girl. and my podcast is The Bohemian Rose. So just solo podcasts at this point of, you know, basically a 51-year-old woman rambling about things that have happened. <laughs> so cool. I love solos. You yeah. guys, I know I've been doing the solo episodes lately. They are so fun. They're love fun. having people here, yeah. but it's just kind of cool to just talk. Yeah. It lets out a lot. Yeah. Like stuff, you know? Very therapeutic. It yeah. is therapeutic. It's the new writing for me. Yeah. I still write, but something about speaking is also so therapeutic. You're exercising your throat chakra. Yeah, <laughs> I know, especially today with this like throat yeah. the virus. Thank you, yoga women, for <laughs> yeah. letting us know that that's what it is. Yeah. I know, this throat chakra needs some balancing. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to acupuncture Woo-woo. after this. Yay. All right, guys, thank you. Thank you. 